Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm Jean Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And guys, welcome into any new listeners. We've had a lot of new listeners uh, over the past couple of weeks. I just want to say thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, you guys, please uh, check us out. Uh, you can subscribe at Between Pylons on YouTube. Uh, download every week on uh, the podcast app of your choice. All those good things really help us out. Rate, review, all those things. Uh, guys, let's get into the show. Big yeah. news. Big news this week. Uh, with the college football season, we're going to get into that. The Big Ten and Pac-12 literally canceled when Jacob was on his way over here to record the pod. Yeah. So we had to work, rework an entire segment that we had for the show uh, that was dedicated to what's going to happen, and then it happened. So uh, great actually, great timing for us. Glad it didn't happen right after we were finished recording. That would have sucked. Uh, we also are going to go around the, the NFL and uh, touch on a couple interesting stories from camp. Uh, this is going to be fantasy football related. We're going to try and do that every week, give people a little bit more in-depth uh, information. Obviously, as we do every week, we will go around the rest the NFL news and big news that happened this week. Uh, a couple great segments this week. What are we doing? Fantasy football profile. Yeah, we got fantasy profile. We have the top 10 wide receiver duos in the NFL. Top 10? And top five. I was going to say, top I didn't five. do 10. <laughs> I, I didn't do 10 either. <laughs> I didn't do 10. Can't find 10. <laughs> All right. And that, that's going to round out our show this week. All right. Well, let's get started. Um, we kind of we, we buried the lead a little bit. The Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled football, and by cancel, they might postpone it to September to uh, the spring, uh, you know, of, of 2021. We don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff we don't know at this point. But man, what's your raw reaction? We've never seen anything like this before. Never. And I don't know what's going to happen. So it came out a few days ago that they canceled. Ended up that was just a rumor, and they weren't for sure if it was postponed. It was a whole thing about, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the only two athletic directors out of the Big Ten that got leaked that said no was Nebraska and Iowa, I believe. So... You know, yeah, that's a, that's Ohio State too, and we saw yeah. the uh, the We Want to Play movement go down over these past few days with the college players. Yeah, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence were two of the biggest names that were outspoken about really wanting to play yeah. and big advocates for making sure they get out on the, the field. The face of college football right now. I well, mean, exactly. I would, I would argue. And I just, I really can't believe. I don't know what the landscape of football is going to look like this fall. I don't know if it if there will be football this fall. No, it, I don't think there's even college. From what it sounds like, uh, the SEC commission Greg Sankey said that they're moving forward. Yeah. Uh, but the weird part about the Big Ten is that they said that they have, uh, the the commission said, undisclosed medical advice saying that they need to not go forward with this. And it's like, I th- I really think that if, if it's this big of a deal that you cancel football across all, you need to let that yeah, information that be, be known. Undisclosed. Because you, you need to let the Pac-12 know. You need to let SEC know. As far as I know, the SEC and Big 12 are moving forward. If it's this groundbreaking news that could, you know, change the way, I mean, anyone's health, you need to let that be known. You need to... You just lay it all on the table. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Man, I'm shocked. I'll be honest. Yeah. So there's there's a couple things that I think should be noted on things that could happen, right? We don't know anything right now. All, all we know is it's a canceled. The, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are, are not going to be moving forward with the normal college season. That's all we know for sure. Uh, there's been different schools. I know Nebraska came out and already the, the head coach from Nebraska already came out and said they are looking at every possible avenue. Yeah. Uh, Penn State and uh, Michigan. Michigan. A, a, lot of, a lot of big name yeah. head coaches have already come out and said, we're going to look at other avenues. I know it's been brought up that there could just be one massive con- conference this year and everyone who wants to play go to the SEC. And if there's teams in the SEC that don't want to play, don't play. And, and that just kind of is what it is. It'd be weird. Oh, it's scary. It'd it's be, just, be super it's just, scary. Just because I don't know the format that's going to happen because 
I, yeah, I mean, I'm an SEC homer. We all know that. I'm, I'm yeah. an Auburn fan at heart. I prefer the SEC, and I have always said that the average SEC could go into another conference and be not not win it all, but be one of the big dogs over there. So mm-hmm. it looks like we're about to, to really see what it's made well, of. That argument year. is going to be tested. <laughs> it is. It just sucks that two of the best teams, Ohio State and Clemson, are really damn good this year, and it looks like they're going to come into the SEC. Yeah. I mean, now, we don't know about the ACC, right? We haven't heard really anything about the ACC. Not yet, but I do know that Clemson yeah. is going – Clemson pretty much runs the ACC right now in of terms course, yeah. of what's going to happen, and yeah. Dabo and Trevor have both said that they they want to play. So, yeah. I mean, no. you think that they have to. I, I absolutely I, – I do agree with that. Of course they're going to play. I mean, it's Clemson. They can't they can't uh, pass up on a on a chance to win a national championship. I yeah, think exactly. that's I think that's what every big school is probably thinking. Well, right Trevor now. knows Trevor um, Lawrence and Justin Fields know that this is their last year. I mean, they'll they'll yeah, go pro next likely, year no yeah. matter what. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, man, it's just it's so ridiculous. Uh, there's been conversations of pushing it to spring. I know I mentioned that. What does that look like playing in a spring season and then turning around and trying to play in a and theoretically playing in that that same fall? So you would have two seasons in twenty twenty year. You would, and that would be weird. It would be really weird just to see how it goes for guys that are going to be going on to the the pros too. I mean, because a lot of times you have that dead period from like January to to late March, April. You have a spring game every now and then, you know, for certain teams. Yeah, but if they are choosing to do this. Are they going to – is the season going to end late up. March and then you're going to go straight to your pro day and then straight to the draft? Yeah, or? then, you, I mean, you're just completely wearing your body out. I mean, it's, we, it's different. It, it, it's really strange because we actually talk about um, a lot, and it's kind of been been a storyline over the years. Not this year, obviously, for for obvious reasons. Uh, but you know, rookies that go from playing in the national championship or you know the the top you know final final four games of the year, and then go to your your senior bowl, and then go to uh, the combine, and then go to rookie mini camps, and then you know like they don't really get an off season. Oh, it's a quick turnover. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge turnover, and you talk about you know sophomore. Uh, sophomores in the NFL, you know, second-year guys that actually get to have that offseason for the first time, yeah. first NFL offseason, and they perform so much better in their second year. That's kind of a common theme that, that happens in the NFL pretty pretty regularly. Now you're talking about putting an entire season, like not just a couple big events that you have to be fully prepared for, but an entire season in, during spring. Yeah, I don't see how that works. Um, I, I guess it could work for underclassmen. I mean, if you're, are you just going to have a JV league? I mean, essentially? It, it's going to be really weird to see how it goes. I could see from a higher up uh, perspective about national exposure. If you were able to push yourself to the spring, there wouldn't be hardly any other football going on. So, I no. mean, you would be the market. You would dominate that little period of time. Your conference would get the most exposure. Your guys, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. But on the flip, SEC is looking to do that right now. I've heard that the SEC is privately contacting Fox, ESPN, mm-hmm. all these other networks to try to figure out, hey, if we get Oklahoma, Texas, Clemson, Ohio State, how are, how are they going to fit in? Uh, who's going to get this limelight? Who's going to fit in where? And if they can do that, man, they're the winners here. They are the absolute winners. They're gonna. Everyone man, is gonna think, be having their eyes on. I think. I think casual college fans are the biggest winners. Because oh, like, yeah, we're gonna get to you see know, some loaded games. Because because you know me, I, I'm I'm big into the NFL and I love college to to watch scouting and stuff. But like on a on a weekly basis, on a Saturday, just on a regular Saturday, there's one or two games that are super interesting to me outside of my team in Florida State, right? Yeah, that, that uh, have true national. Yeah, national exactly. And I think that's that's pretty fair for a lot of people, you know, across the across the the country. Yeah. Can you imagine having all the best teams in one like truly all the powerhouse teams because you have you would have the Ohio State's facing Alabama, Auburn, LSU like on a you know you'd have the Oklahomas, you'd have the the LSU's 
all of those teams like actually facing each other in one giant fucking loaded ass conference where the cupcake games aren't the actual cupcake games where like your awesome. cupcake your cupcake is getting to take on like Mississippi State. That's or something. exactly where I was going. Instead yeah. of, instead of playing like where we went to school, Austin P goes up and plays Vandy, and that's a cupcake game for Vandy. No, it's it's Vandy is the cupcake game for any other team, which yeah, I mean you, is somewhat you, you true to, anyway. You get to literally but, take on an <laughs> SEC team though, and consider that as you're like, yeah, God, get ready because we got the big boys coming on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's scary. I mean, we we just saw it happen because there, there's so much college news that just went down. Because I wanted to talk about. The ten game SEC season that they just agreed upon, yeah, and they added two East opponents for West and vice versa, mm-hmm. and some teams really got the shaft on that because Arkansas, the Razorbacks now play Georgia, LSU, Bama, Auburn. I mm-hmm. mean that's horrible. You know they got yeah. screwed. Well, pretty much scrap that entire scheduling process, and now you're going to have to see the influx of all these new teams and see how that shakes everything up. I don't know what they're going to do, but they need to get something done soon, right? I think it's I mean, going to be one of the situations. It's almost mid-August. Look, look, kids are kids are, are are prepping for for football, right? Yeah. Like at this point, it's going to have to be one of those situations where late September is when the college when the college football season starts, which is weird because usually it's it starts a year a week before the mm-hmm. NFL. Uh, it's going to have to be late September. We're probably not going to figure out the scheduling until mid to early September. I, I would I would imagine. And that, and that I can't imagine at best. I would say playing in October, right? No, I'm saying I'm saying that these kids that are pre- prepping for uh, the season aren't really even going to know their schedule until a couple weeks before the season starts. Yeah, that and that's hard to do. That's that's interesting. It's going to be really exciting for us. We're going to have a whole fucking podcast set dedicated to it. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. But man, that is there's so much uh, shit that could happen. And there's some exciting stuff. I, I brought this up to you off off air. What if they didn't even do like a regular season season and did just did a giant like a, a giant uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, like a playoff or yeah like a giant like playoff. a March Madness like style a sixty four a, a sixty four team or, or what however many teams want to be in it and, and you could do a double elimination style type of tournament that that happens well, what, what what do you do if you what if you you know like they would. I like it because then you would really get to see like a, a tier system and the best of the best eventually go up against yes. each other and survive. Pretty much the way that I think it's going to go is it's going to be whoever wants to come into the SEC, come into the SEC if you're big enough of a program. Because I don't think we're just going to be taking everyone and their mom, you know, like, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think we're going to get all the small fries out there and bring them in. Yeah, maybe. I think it's going to be. I mean, you're, you're going to get the the smaller ACC schools that want to play. Well, yeah, but I don't like think a Boston I'm ta- College I'm talking or a, smaller than that. Maybe oh, you're like, talking the like the, the Mac AAC or, and yeah, Macs. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think we're going to be dealing with any of those. Which guys. they canceled. They they canceled earlier exactly. this week, which so, was going to be a small little note that we were going to talk about. But that's, know, that's nothing now, compared and now to this. It's just it's on a new uh, landscape yeah. now. I think whoever survives that gauntlet of if you add another division in the SEC, which you could call it the newcomer thing, and run it one year off of that, and then yeah. have the survivors go. Again, it's going to be weird. I don't know what's going to happen with the playoff. I could. All, I've also heard that the SEC may shut their doors and say we're going to have four teams in the damn playoff. <laughs> SEC's winning it, baby. But it's such an asterisk. It doesn't even nope, like it doesn't don't count. Care. It nope, doesn't count. Don't come care. on. Every other conference has gets to gloat about it. Oh nope. come on. No, SEC uh, number one best. <laughs> Who okay, but I mean, in the 2020-21 season, it, it really it just feels like such a. It's going to be such a letdown unless there is something Every, super cool. Everything's going to have an asterisk on it. Yes, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. We still get to see these guys compete against each other. Hopefully, we still get. No, I mean, as long as there is a season, as long as there are games being played, we will still get to see that. Yeah. And there's one really, really small storyline that I'm hoping comes to fruition. It would be really cool. Trey Lance, North Dakota State, yeah. canceled their season. 
and he can opt in. Oh, shit. He can transfer and opt in. Oh, shit. Where Trey, did he go? If, if Trey Lance goes anywhere and gets to play, because for one, that would help the scouts really get to see him compete against the next level of competition. Yeah. And two, whatever team he lands on, get ready. That's going to be so much fun to watch. I that would know, be cool. How would that even work, though? You you, well, it's, you it's, would it's a, you it's a literally, medical transfer right now, I would say. Oh, okay, but you would literally come in and be the starting quarterback after a month of, of preparation? Listen, I'm not saying it's feasible. I'm just saying that if you have a guy of that, I mean, yeah. he's, he's QB2, QB3 right now, people are saying. I mean, isn't 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 Miller saying he's the best quarterback right saying now? Saying that there's a chance that he could be better than Trevor. Yeah. If I'm Trey Lance, I would probably take all this just hype and buzz and, and just chill. Why yep. go risk playing in this, in a, in a, like you, you said, in a, in a few weeks of an offense that you're not ready for against higher competition. Yeah, you're, you're you have a stacking small, you have a slim you. window where you can make it happen. Ninety, the other ninety percent is you bombing yourself. You, you're stacking the odds against you yeah. in a situation that everyone in the world knows you had nothing to do with. You're not the reason that you didn't get to play this year. You can just sit, prepare for the NFL season, go do all the combine and and uh, senior bowl. I'm sure they'll let you and in you'll the be senior fresh bowl. Too, yeah. You'll be fresh. You'll be ready to go. And I mean, you're a you're a highly touted quarterback. You're gonna get you're gonna get some buzz and. NFL team's going to take a chance on you. But I saw a theory I mean, about it that there was a chance that he may go somewhere, and it's just like, man, he, that's a huge name that when you look at it from a – if you're the team that lands uh, – I, I didn't hear that. I'm glad you saved be, that for the pod. Cool. I'm, man, well, that's a good it's one. It's a neat theory. I like it a yeah, lot. That's an I, and awesome it also goes one. to show all these other guys who don't get their chance. I mean, Pac-12, no one's talking about them right now. Mm-hmm. They've completely closed their doors. Are we going to bring Pac-12 into the SEC? How's the travel going to work? How is the? No, oh, yeah, I, I just don't even imagine. I can't even imagine. But there's so many, there's so many good players that are over there. Yeah. What's it's? I don't know. I don't it's know gonna if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to get granted another year. If you're that, if they're, you know, you're that age, do you want to take another year? Because at a certain point, when you hit that 23, 24 ish range, some eyes start closing. You know, on the on the NFL landscape, just depending on how you are. Yeah. Just because you, as you get older, they just it's not as appealing. Yeah, you stop being viewed as a first or second round pick, and then you're like a you know yeah. third to third to seventh. Oh, we can get him for one contract if he's good. He's good. Um, yeah, no, it's God. There's so much. There's so much that happened, and right now it's just all conjecture. Uh, do you do you really have anything else? I, I don't have no, much I mean, more to I add. No, I mean I would say this. you could flow that right into the college opt outs yeah, affecting that's all. Kind of where this. I was yeah. going with this. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take it over here. We have a list uh, of some college opt outs now. There, some of them are on teams. Like I, I put this together last night. Yeah, some of them are on t- are on teams that just opted out anyway. So so I don't really know how that affects some of these guys. Uh, but but here's a list of some of the opt outs. I'll let you take um, it over. We have Josh Jackson from Maryland. We spoke about him a few days ago or yeah. last week actually, and saying that he was one of the more promising guys, low tier yeah. quarterback wise. Yeah, like him as a quarterback, yeah. uh, Chandler Wooten was an Auburn uh, linebacker, and we really needed that depth this year. Yeah, I think he's a father to be soon, right? And that I think might so, be yeah. one of the factors that, that went that's into probably him. What it Biggest is. one, in my opinion, and one of my favorite receivers going into this next year's class is Rondell Moore. Yeah, but it doesn't. But now, I mean, his conference just just shut down anyway. Well, exactly. So, so I mean, best either way, <laughs> he kind of just closed the door before it was yeah, uh, going to be shut already. Exactly. Um, he'll he'll be an NFL player for sure. First round uh, pick. Oh, Michael Parsons absolutely. too. Michael Parsons is a good big one. Uh, that yeah, that's that's the marquee name is is Michael Parsons. Micah Parsons from Penn State. Again, his team shut shut the door, so it's. Not, t- he's a top ten pick in next year's draft. He, he is. Legit. He is. Now let me ask you this. This is just kind of an interesting one. How much are are scouts going to value the players that played this season that we got to see versus the guys that we haven't seen for an entire season? 
it's it's going to be that's going to be because, weird, isn't it? Well, I think there were certain guys who could really benefit from this next year, like like Rondell Moore was one of those that I was really he had a lot of good promising stuff yeah. on film. This last is a year. wide receiver from Purdue, yeah. and this was supposed to be like the year though. Yeah, like this was supposed to be the breakout national. I mean, he could go for the all the Blitnikoff Award. He, he was going to take it all, and yeah. now we don't get to see it. So yeah. as a scout, what do you do? Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, he was drafted. I mean, just for for people, I'm going to tell them about our our yeah. Devi League. He was drafted with the fourth pick in our Devi League. I mean, and a Devi is like you draft college players to one day and be on your fantasy team. Uh, so I mean, there's there's definitely a, lot a, a lot of hype around his him. Name, yeah, yeah he, he's a he's a big name guy. Now, are, are scouts just going to take that hype and and project it towards towards a season that never happened, or are they going to to just you know base it on what they saw? Hope that he he grew and and judge him based uh, judge him against like a Jalen Waddle who I think is going to be a first round pick uh, out of Alabama. Yeah, but he's probably going to play the season. He's he's probably going to put up great numbers and, and all those other things. And I think that would bring some people Does above that, Rondo a, exactly. Yeah, because look at look at the way that the class shaped up last year. Not that many people were talking about Jalen Rieger going into the season. No, no one knew Denzel about Jawan Chase or Justin Jefferson hardly. Yeah. I mean I know some of the the big time fans of your own team. Yes, yeah, you know of course. these guys. But on a national level. Justin Jefferson wasn't mentioned in the first round yeah. for a long time, and look where you ended up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of names. I don't think Denzel yeah. Mims was a big name coming, you know, coming into last season. He he brought his stock way up. Uh, you look at a Brandon Ayuk uh, out of Arizona State. That was exactly. a smaller school. I mean, you know, he was a first round pick. He he wouldn't. He, everyone was looking at Nikhil Harry. I mean, you know, he had some promise, but nobody was was paying attention to him in 2018. So I mean, yeah, there's there's going to be guys that fall through the cracks here. I mean, there there is. There's, there's going to be uh, so much fallback. So many people that want the chance that don't get the chance. Some of them clearly don't want the chance. They just want to play it safe for whatever reason. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, Rashad Bateman. That's another yes, one. That, and that's yeah, another wide receiver from Minnesota. Would be first round, maybe pick. second. Yeah, yeah, type of guy. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to just just go through here. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Farley, Farley from Virginia Tech. Uh, we talked about him Arguably last week. The I think. One cornerback. Yeah, a Ravon. Which I mean, I, I don't blame you when you're when you're already regarded as one of the top ten, top yeah. fifteen picks in, in the next year's draft. All, it, you have this beautiful opportunity to opt out, and I, I don't want to call it a beautiful opportunity, but in the grand scheme of things, if you're already slated as a top 10 to top 15 pick in the NFL draft, meaning you're about to be a millionaire ne- this time next year, why? You know, all, all you can do is hurt your stock at save the end your, of the game. Save your body. Save your body. Don't let the Jalen Smith story yourself. happen. The Dylan you Moses, yeah. You're in a situation where you have, a, you have the opportunity to opt out, and I know this sounds kind of – you know, hateful in a way where, like, of course these kids want to play. I understand everybody wants to play, but you're in one of these situations where all you can do is you hurt yourself. All you can do is hurt your stock. Yeah. So you know, nobody's going to look at you. The you know, with you know, because people people blame players all the time for opting out of their their bowl games. No one's going to give you shit. No one's going to care if you opt. You're saying out of right now the you season. have the excuse. Oh, of course, yeah, you have a very you can't obvious. Say anything wrong. Yeah, unless you're Deion Sanders. That's the one who says something wrong. We got to talk about that. Yeah, that, I mean, if it flows man. well into the tweet, uh, yeah. Dion saying that you know you're not bigger than the game, and he's talking across all sports. Yeah, and it caught me off guard. I, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know what to think. I'm, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put it on on YouTube. So if you're listening on the pod, I, I don't have the exact quote up here, um, but if you're you listening talk for a minute, and yeah. I'll pull it up. And so I'll I mean, look, Dion Sanders, obviously a floor stater. I love the guy. I don't want to hate on him. I didn't understand this quote. I don't understand where this was coming from. He basically just hated on everybody who who opted out, basically saying, you know, you're not bigger than the game. Uh, the the game will go on without you. And, and I do get that. I, I get the sentiment because he's not really wrong in the sense that, of course, no one player 
opting out was going to end the season. I mean, no matter who it was. But I mean, these guys have every right to do what's best for them and their family, and and to judge the to judge everybody on on that kind of decision that just makes no sense to me. But again, I'm I'm, I'm of the side that you know college kids that opt out of their bowl game to protect themselves for for the NFL draft. I don't have a problem with that. You know, I don't I don't have a problem with with you know. I definitely don't have a problem with people trying to protect themselves and their family from a disease. I mean, God, shit. I don't understand. I, I didn't understand the sentiment in in the sense that I didn't understand why anybody would, would be so hateful. I see you have I, it I have up, the so tweet, yeah. I can stop filling No, you're now. good. You're good. It <laughs> says, all players opting out in all sports, please believe the game will go on without you. This is a business, and don't you ever forget that. There's no one that's bigger than the game itself. Only the ref, umps, and officials are that important that you can't play without them. Not you, Hashtag truth. And first thing, I can't think of one player that has purposely opted out in saying that, dang, I know this sport's going to stop because my name's not in it right now. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things that comes down to the person, whatever you got going on in your life, whether it be your family, whether it be you're worried about your own personal health. If you choose to opt out, then that's just what you do. Yeah. And I think you. I, think I don't it's one of those things you have to respect. I, I didn't think that he would say something as. I didn't think anybody would would come on this side of it. Yeah, it's. it's well, he very just. Strange. I mean, you can have that opinion as you should suit up and play no matter what. But man, he just the way that he worded it was so harsh. Yeah, no, I I, I couldn't agree more. It, it goes back to you know like people give give players like college kids uh, shit for not playing their bowl game. People give uh, you know juniors that that go to the NFL draft as opposed to staying for another season shit for not staying for another season. Man, you don't know their lives. You, yeah. you, look, even if they're a kid that's gonna get drafted in the mid rounds and maybe would have had a chance to up their stock. Look, maybe they needed that that three million dollars to save their fucking family. Maybe their grandma's in the hospital. You don't know their fucking lives. Why why are we gonna sit here and judge other people? I mean, look, we we sit here and judge judge other people for the way they play on the field, but decisions that they make off the field, no, that's just that's not something I'm ever gonna judge somebody for. I, I don't understand that that thought process. It was anyway. different. I, I didn't see him going in that direction. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. All right. Um, you want to speak about decision because you just said talk about decisions that you were made off the field. Yeah, uh, let's, Gary's let's, guys. God, we we are flowing today with the storylines, yeah. aren't we? God. Well, I mean, you're going to judge him for that, yeah, though, right? I am. Uh, Darius <laughs> Geis was cut by the Washington Washingtons uh, for yeah. <laughs> for strangling his girlfriend. Uh, accused, he turned himself you know, in. Turned himself in. Uh, accused for strangulation. Obviously. You know, I, I didn't I didn't do a whole lot of research on this story because he was essentially cut immediately, which gives us this the indication that he did it. He, I mean, he more than likely well, and Washington you know, is can't guilty for the grace period of whether no. it is or isn't right now with all the news that has gone down yeah. with them. Shit, you got to play the high road on this one. Yeah, this is a this is a weird one. Um, Darius guys who's been injured the past two season. Yeah. I, I, you know, we if you watched our mock draft last week, we drafted Darius guys in the mid rounds and said, you know, this is a guy who has some injury issues. But if he plays, he's really good at football. And, yeah, that's true, but he ain't playing anymore. I, yeah. he, he was not claimed off waivers by any team. I don't think any team wants – I think they're going to have to wait to see how this one plays out. I don't think anybody wants a wants a piece of him, man. I'll be honest. He's a bust. Yeah, I, I think he's – It's unfortunate. It's sad. It's a waste of talent. And if this is true – I hope he can right his wrongs and then maybe get another. I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, Look, if this is true, fuck him. He doesn't deserve to play the NFL. Yeah. I hope he. I hope he can, uh, like you said, right his wrongs in the next career of his life or next portion of his life. But at this point, you make mistakes like that. That's you don't deserve to play in the NFL. You don't know, deserve. I to don't be. have to wait for his knee to blow out to be yeah. upset about the fantasy year. <laughs> That's a yeah. good news. I've gotten him both years that he's been around, <laughs> and 
you let me down again. Yeah. I'll have to We're draft done. you this hey, time well, to figure I, it out. I'm just glad I didn't draft him in any real leagues because yeah. there's three leagues that I could have drafted him in. I didn't get him in any of them. Very happy about that. I actually got Bryce Love instead, and I'm excited about Bryce Love. Stock goes up. Let's talk about the finish because this is actually uh, – I'm going to steal from the next segment that we're going to do, which yeah. is a ra- word word from the camp around the NFL. Uh, so let's talk about the Washington running backs. These are just quotes from uh, from different beat reporters, uh, the running back uh, coach and stuff like that. Peyton Barber can be a lead back. That is what the uh, the running back coach for Washington said. Um, no, I, I will say I will say that. <laughs> no, I, look, I know he's your guy. I know he's an Auburn running back. He's fine. He's a he, but he's just a guy in the NFL. Well, I wouldn't say he's my not, guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that he had some good times at Auburn. He did good. Yeah. He is a serviceable. back. He's a in the serviceable NFL. back. Yes. He 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 can be a lead back in the sense that you could give him the ball. 300 times, but the Bucks did that last year and it didn't work out that great. They gave him the ball 200 and something, something yeah, carries. I mean, it was ridiculous. He, he's he split good. The- split time with AP. Keep AP's fresh legs out there. I mean, you have a, a really, really good Bryce Love, I would hope, that could step up and maybe take some carries. No, he's not a lead back. No, he's not. Yeah, and not and look, and that's that's the funny thing. We're gonna. I want to talk about Bryce Love in a second, but I want to get through these quotes first. Uh, the next one was uh, AB, AP was helped by a shortened offseason. Uh, that was just a little story that came out of Washington, uh, which makes sense. Uh, the offseason wasn't quite as grueling for a guy, you know, obviously of his age. Uh, gets to skip all of those, you know, yeah. meaningless shit for for his you know, caliber. Uh, so that was interesting. He said he's going to break the all time record. He he wants to break the record, which I totally believe that he has the opportunity to do he's that. He's got to put. He's got. He's three thousand and change away. Oh, though. is he that? Far? I didn't realize he was that far. Three thousand, oh, and no, he's got never, some time now. He'll never he has break the, that. No, he has the ability if he gets the. Oh, he has the physical. He, he ability. has the yeah. physical ability. Dude, guys, dog. Guy strangling his girlfriend helps. Uh, it does. It does. <laughs> that's that's the horrible. only positive horrible. thing to come out of this. Can <laughs> yeah. we say that? No, I don't want to say that. That's fine. We're good. We're good. Uh, we'll move right along. Uh, the last quote I have from Washington running back room, Antonio Gibson needs time to learn. Antonio Gibson is the running back wide receiver hybrid guy that was drafted uh, by the by the Washington Washingtons out of uh, out of uh, Michigan. Memphis. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Why I lost. And he didn't get the time. That's one of the things that we're going to see on some of these later round guys. Yeah. That didn't get the time to learn because of the camps being shortened because of some of the rookies being on standby because yeah. they're some of the last ones to get going. Anyways. Yeah. It's it's very very interesting uh, with Antonio Gibson. I actually when he was drafted, I saw reports that he was going to be wide receiver. Uh, I, I think they're going to use him as like a hybrid. I think he's going to be used very similarly as uh, Curtis Samuel was used his first season and Curtis. Samuel was kind of used on a lot of, you know, kind of yeah. gimmicky type plays, uh, you know, uh, and that worked out fine for the Panthers for the first year. I think Antonio Gibson is going to be used in that same type of light. He's a similar type of player in, in that in that way, in my opinion. Um, so the whole thing there is maybe Antonio Gibson isn't the guy to target in fantasy. Uh, but the one quote, I, I couldn't find anything for uh, for Bryce Love, who we're actually both kind of fans of. This is a guy yeah. who, who hurt himself in college at the end of college, tears his ACL, gets drafted in the fourth round anyway by Washington and now this is his second season and he gets drafted in the fourth round in the 2019 draft this could be his chance well yeah there's definitely room for carries I mean <coughs> like you said with, with the with the guys thing happening and no real name emerging as your front runner I mean AP I, I would say it's AP's until he loses it but 
you want to keep a fresh AP to have a good AP. Yeah, they're not going to give him. They're not going to give him the majority of the carries. Uh, this is going to be a running back by committee yeah. type of situation. And there's room for Bryce Love, and I think he's one of those guys super super late in your fantasy uh, that if you're scrapped on running back and you want a guy man, with upside, go for him. I think Bryce Love is the most talented guy I, I, of the of the backs right now. Obviously, and and you know Adrian Peterson is Adrian People Peterson. People forget Bryce Love and Co- go look up some of his highlights. Yeah, he was awesome. I'm telling you, he was up for the Heisman. Yeah, so I, I don't stud. understand. Look, my first thought when this happened, as far as obviously you know uh, thoughts go out to. The, the woman that was affected by this, all that. But my first thought, fantasy-wise, the how this affects the NFL world was that Bryce Love is about to get his chance. I really believe that. I think Bryce Love was the pick. I, we, you know, were in a, a, a dynasty Debbie draft type of yeah. thing where I had actually drafted Bryce Love in like the 15th or 16th round, like super, super late, just because I believe him as a talent. And uh, you know, he was. It, it literally it happened what a round later that that we found out about that. It was it was actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I had just I already had him on the team um weird timing yeah weird so what where do you think comes out of this as far as who who would you target fantasy wise uh in a strictly redraft league i would stay away from the washington washington's running back room. <laughs> i would i just don't think there's anyone right now that could step up to the plate if there is someone bryce love late you could have he's a, my guy you can waiver wire ap i imagine this season yeah i mean you should be good off of that like I said, Bryce Love late. Other than that, there's other teams and better options you can go find. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I don't have that. any Washington guys on my team. Yeah, other than Terry McLaurin, um, I'm in. I'm in a couple superflex leagues where where I took an Alex Smith late, uh, just because I want to see if he'll come back and maybe yeah. you know be a valuable superflex type of guy. Um, but that you know you pretty much get every quarterback you can in a superflex. Um, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I think it, the running back room. There's a lot of stories coming out of Washington. Obviously, I have three different quotes from from that seat that team alone on on the running backs. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, but talking about you know. Uh, legal issues. Let's let's get into DeAndre Baker yeah. and Quentin Dunbar. DeAndre Baker will spend the season on the exempt list because he was charged with armed robbery and a couple other uh, you know offenses. You know how they lay they lay down a bunch of different uh, charges, but armed robbery obviously the the big one. This has to do with the incident that happened in the off season with Quentin Dunbar and DeAndre Bar- uh, Baker. But Quentin Dunbar was not charged with anything. He was not charged with a crime, so therefore he was removed from the exempt list. He will play football this season for the Seahawks, and uh, the Giants are reportedly on the outs with uh, DeAndre Barker. They're not sure if they're even going to keep him on their team. It's one of those things. It's a waste of talent. I mean, if, yeah. if he did what it is said, I mean, it's just you just got to be smarter. Yeah, That's it. you got to be smarter than that. You put yourself in a bad situation. You're, you're, you're First-round pick wasted. Yeah, and they traded back into the first round to get this guy who's the first cornerback off the board and now the first probably cornerback of that draft that might be out of the NFL already, man. That's yep. so sad. He didn't have a great rookie season, but he wasn't on a great team, so it's, you know that's a tough thing to ask for him for anybody. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot else to say, but just, no. to, just to update people because we, we talked a lot about that over the offseason. Uh, Patriots signed Lamar Miller. I like it. Yeah? You don't like it. No. Everyone else, listen, I, I know there's never a Patriots running back that you could ever target and get behind, but a lot of people were on Lamar Miller's nuts <laughs> when he was at the Texans a few years ago or wherever that was. I, I'm losing track of time. A lot of people that were one, on Lamar Miller's nuts. That one. I were, was not. I yes, was you never were. on Lamar Miller. Oh what do you god. mean? Oh, my God. Okay. When was I ever on Lamar listen, Miller? If, listen, if we're going to sit po- here and put up some bullshit... Facade. When he was on the Dolphins, yeah. I liked Lamar okay. Miller when he played okay. for the Dolphins. So everyone, not John, there was a lot of people that liked Lamar Miller at the Texans. That didn't work out. 
So, I mean, it worked out fine. He was he was a he was a workload back that just never like was never an RB one. That's why I said that because I but, knew you'd defend him. That's how I got you. You okay. did like Lamar Miller. No, Thank I, you. I'm saying Lamar I'm, Miller. I'm trying to Patriots. say what he was. I mean, there is a chance that he could do something late. I'm talking late, late, late. I'm talking. We finished a 25 round league, and I was looking to go at him just. You yeah. know, as a flash in the pan. You never know. Sony Michelle's always banged up, it seems. Yeah. Uh, they not had a, they not had expected to start week one. Yeah, and they had an opt-out. I, I can't, his name's blanking off the top yeah, of my when head. Yeah, he was like their backup, um, backup Rex running back. Rex Burkhead, meh. Yeah, and then James White, and then now Lamar Miller gets added. No, I absolutely agree. They have the Alabama running back that they drafted last year uh, who might do something. I, no, like, I, I get what you're saying. I, I was saying Lamar Miller was never a sexy pick in fantasy, and I was never, like, on his nuts either. <laughs> like, can we agree on that? Is that a fair way to? Uh, to I'll let you out. All right. That's fine. All right, thanks. That's fine. Thanks. He's really good. He's really he's, good. He's really yeah, good. Really good. <laughs> yeah, that's what he For is. those of you listening last week, <laughs> I've got a call back there. All right, uh, yeah, Lamar Miller, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be anything. Uh, running back getting signed this late, I don't know. Yeah. They signed him over uh, over Freeman. Maybe that's a money thing. I don't know what Gotta Freeman's looking thing. for. Devontae Freeman wants, I think he wants around $5 million. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. He's never getting that money. All right, uh, Vic Beasley returns to camp for the Titans. Uh, he racked up $500,000 in fines. Uh, this is Vic Beasley who signed a one-year prove-it deal after kind of being a little bit of a bust for the uh, for the Falcons. But he signed a, a deal that can be worth up to $12 million and is $9.5 million guaranteed. Just lost half a million dollars by missing about a week of camp. Yeah, uh, for a while they couldn't find him. They didn't know what, uh, what it was, was a no-call no-show. Yeah, no was call, weird. no show. Didn't know what was going to happen with it. Glad he's back for Titans fans because you're really going to need that up front. Yeah. And I'm still holding out faith that they can pull a Jadavion move. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Where's Jade? I mean, we, we talk about this every week. Jadavion and, and Everson see, Griffin. Gotta wait to see what Everson and Clay Matthews. I've heard that Seattle is looking heavy at adding Clay Matthews and Everson because they could do you could do that two-for-one instead of a Jadavion. So, I mean, they, if they want to take that route, then Jadavion's still up in the air. Maybe the, I've heard the Jets a lot recently. Jets have come out and said they have no interest in him, though. Good. Yeah. Come to the Titans. We'll see what happens, man. It's crazy. It's a cra- it's yeah. crazy that he can he's not been able to find any kind of uh, – he's going to have to take a pay cut from he's what gonna he wants, right? He's going to have to take right? a one-year prove-it. Yeah, I think he, he, will. I think he will. And he's also you know, being hurt by the fact that you can't get your own doctors in these COVID times yeah. to come look at you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, so we're going to move on to a new segment that we're doing, and if you guys like it, we'll do it every week. If not, you know, we'll never do this again, and I'm yep. so sorry. Um, all right, so it is Word from Camps Around the NFL, right? That's a shitty name. Maybe we'll come up with a better name. Uh, um, basically, we're basically just looking up different different camps, different fan websites, and, and looking what beat writers are saying about their team specifically because I think, you know, the every fan knows so much more about their team than, you know, just uh, somebody yeah, who looks Right. always has the little cute you yeah. know, sneaky info that you can plug in there exactly. and take. Yeah. So what I want to do is bring that to you and bring that to us and, and be more informed about the NFL and maybe not be so surprised about, you know, certain things. Like, I want to know, a couple years ago, Philip Lindsay came out of nowhere for anybody who wasn't a, a Broncos fan, right? Well, I want to know about the Philip Lindsay's. I want to know about the, you know, I want to I want to be prepared for stuff like that. So here's a couple things. It is going to be, you know, geared towards fantasy football unless there's something big that's happening in the defensive world or stuff like that, just so it has some actual uh, interest 
intrinsic value for people watching that are you know into that kind of stuff. First thing we have is from my Miami Dolphins. Um, Jordan Howard is expected to be the lead back, according to Cameron Wolf. Um, and he, this is the Dolphins have Jordan Howard and they have Matt Burita. According to Cameron Wolf, uh, Jordan Howard is expected to get about 50% of the workload, while Matt Burita will get about 35% and then sprinkle in some other guys uh, after that. It sounds kind of interesting. I think Jordan Howard was really promising for a few years. He, I mean, he was he he had the leading. He was the leading rusher his rookie season, I believe, right? Yeah, and um, he was. Yeah, fantasy wise going in the upwards of the low first early second at some yeah. point so i mean adp's in the seventh round damn i was just about to ask you i was i was, well, I was gonna hide it from you i mean if there's gonna be like you know something super late to where you can get 50 yeah. percent of the workload you can it's a really bad team though you can get a running you can get the running back one on a team in the seventh round listen that's not always the greatest thing in the world but I always say this, like, you want to have a good combination of floor and, and ceiling, yeah. right? Jordan Howard is a floor pick. If you're in the seventh round and you don't love your running backs, uh, you know, maybe you went quarterback a little too early. Maybe you maybe you grabbed a wide receiver with your first round pick, whatever, whatever you did. Why not take a Jordan Love or Jordan Howard, put him on your bench, and well, have him be a spot starter? Who's get touches, and that's exactly. get you four points. A, exactly, yeah. he'll be a spot starter. He can probably put up, you know, maybe ten points here and there in a game, and that's that's not too bad, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next one from Ellis Williams is predicting that both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will both exceed a thousand yards. Each player is expected to get about fifteen carries apiece. Nope. That is that is high. This is this is more of a prediction than an actual uh, you know report from camp, but this is him saying that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to have a shared workload, which is what I've been saying all off season. Tell me yeah, why they, I'm wrong. They, no, you're right. I mean, they will have a shared workload, but saying that it's going to a fifty fifty workload. Well, yeah, fifty fifty. But saying that it's going to equal two thousand yards is a load. It's no. a lot. They're going to run the ball. I'm telling you, the the Broncos. Well, Kevin were Stefanski be... loves to do the uh, a power run type setup of uh, play actions and stuff like that. A thousand a piece? When was the last time we saw it's two running happened. backs get a exactly it's a prediction that it'll happen for the first time? Look, it's gonna happen eventually. Well, it'll happen one time in our lifetime. I guarantee you that. It ain't happening this time. It could. It ain't happening. Would you like to do a uh, a shot bet? A five to one shot bet? Five to one. Yeah, I'll do it. Right, yeah, you taking five, I'll take one. Deal. All right, bet. That's All a right, deal. We're gonna have to write we have that a bet that John is saying that there will be 2,000 yards, 1,000 and 1,000. I'll take a five to one shot bet, yeah. Man, that's crazy. I think, they, I think they're what, two what great running Chubb, backs. What did Chubb hit last year? 1,200? 13. 1,298. There's 13 rounded up. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was more than that. You, you talk. No, I'll look I, it up. I mean, I just don't see how you're going to ha- be able to feed all those mouths. You have an improved offensive line. I could see where it could happen on paper. But that's really, really ambitious considering you still have Odell, you have Jarvis, you have Austin Hooper, you still have David Njoku. you got a lot of mouths that you're going to feed, and that's assuming that you can be really, really up in these ball games to be able to run the ball this much. 15 carries apiece. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, I'm trying to pull it up. I don't know. I keep talking. I don't have it yet. That's all I got. That's all you got? Yeah. Listen, we'll to- Nick Chubb is a very good player. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a very good player. I'm filibustering here. Stats. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry for the grading. Yeah. No, okay. No, 1494. Solid. Nick Chubb had 1,494 yards, 298 attempts. If they split it and they run more because they were a, they if were you a pass that that's 750. Okay, but and they this is a new this is a new team. This is a run first team as opposed to what they were last year. Which I mean, 
you can you can argue against it, but they were a pass for. I mean, they wanted to pass the ball first and for the Browns last year. So I, I would it's argue it's ambitious. possible. It's ambi- oh, of course it's ambitious. I'm taking a five to one shot, but not because I would think that's going to happen. Because I'll take one shot to m- to maybe force you to take five. Yeah, that's a deal. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll run it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for the bet. But like you said, it's never happened before. Never happened. It is before. a very talented backfield. Look, the the real look. I, I absolutely agree. the The real thing that people should be taking away from this is that Nick Chubb is going in the first round of drafts, and Kareem Hunt is going in the fourth and fifth round. Yeah. There's significant value in one of those guys, and there's somebody being overdrafted. I don't care about the talent. I don't care, uh, you know, about all the other things that are going to happen. The way that the Browns are going to use these two players, Nick Chubb is being way overdrafted, and Kareem Hunt is being underdrafted. Fair enough. There's value, yeah. I mean, Kareem's going to have a, a good workload. I just don't think it's going to amount to anything like that. No, I'm I'm high on the Browns this year too. Yeah, no, look, look, that's that's an ambitious uh, prediction from a from a beat writer for the Browns. That's that's fine. And I'm not sitting here saying that's going to happen. I thought it was more. I put that in there be, more because I thought it was well, super it's, interesting. It's showing that it's a 50-50. Yeah, that look, I'm not the only one that's sitting here and saying this is going to be a 50-50 workload. Uh, Nick Chubb is not going to be the second leading rusher like he was last year. He is not going to get these gaudy stats like he did last year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, um, I'm convinced of that. I really. All right, right. moving on. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is the early standout in camp, getting first-team reps in passing downs according to Mercury News. This is not this is not an opinion. This is a fact. He's getting first team reps in passing down situations. Jarek McKinnon, the guy they signed from the Vikings three yep. years ago, uh, who's been injured pretty well, much they, every they two years. They paid him a good amount of money too, and then the, the hype has, around his name was going in the second and third round. Yeah, hey, look, and he has he has uh, two million dollars in dead cap hit, so they're probably going to keep him on board. There's no really reason to cut I him right now. I heard there was a chance he could get cut. There's a chance, but at two million dollars in cat in dead cap money, they're pro- they might they might not. I'm just. Saying so, so Jared McKinnon, <coughs> essentially free in drafts right now, might be a super sneaky value pick on one of the best running teams in the NFL. Yeah, he's going to get guaranteed handoffs. He's going to get touches if he's on the team. But it's just weird because I looked it up uh, like a few days ago and saw something that's saying that he very well could be cut just because of the yeah. the dead cap space and the money that it could free up. But doesn't sound like it. If you're getting first team touches, you're getting the reps. They're they're testing him out at the very least. Look, yeah. a lot of this stuff it, it, it can be overhyped. That's what happens this time of year. There is overhype. There's a lot of fan. You know, these beat writers are fans first. You know, so you see, we do have to keep that in mind a little bit. Um, but it's still interesting. You you get a lot of good nuggets from this, and that's what we're trying to do with this segment here. Uh, last one of the week, Bryce uh, Brian Edwards. I don't know why I said Bryce Brian Edwards. Uh, this is a guy who was actually I believe a top ten wide receiver for me coming into the draft. I was actually a big fan of him. I didn't hear he wasn't talked about a lot. Uh, but Brian Edwards could start week one for the uh for the LA Rams or the the not Rams, the the Raiders. I don't know why I said Rams, sorry. The Las Vegas Raiders, uh, according to Marcus Mosher, uh Edwards uh, is uh, going to probably be that third third string wide receiver next to uh next to Rugs, man. I mean, this yeah. is this is you interesting. Have Ruggs, Edwards, and Tyro Williams, and Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. The, the, we'll and see the, where they all go. And the report is uh, Brian Edwards has already surpassed Hunter Renfro, who didn't do a whole lot. To that didn't surprise me. Renfro is more of like a gadget guy that you could bring yeah. in and have a 
you know, possession style. Yeah, he's a 40-year-old man in a 24-year-old's body. Yeah. Dude, he was at Clemson for a long time. <laughs> he was. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. Another guy who, you know, look, we're always trying to find value late in drafts. This is another name, Brian Edwards, who who might have some value as a rookie who who looks to have some, some legitimate playing time right off the bat, and that's always what you want to look for. You know, if you can find talent, if talent plus opportunity equals great fantasy numbers, and I do believe he has the talent looking like he's going to have the opportunity. So yep. just a name to know. All right, uh, I'm going to let you take over with the fantasy football profile. Yeah, that is cool. Let me go ahead and pull it up. You caught me off guard. Sorry, buddy. Do, 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 do. All right, <laughs> so we will look at my Minnesota Vikings. Yes. And we are I'm trying to think of how to go into it. I'll just go ahead and start by saying Stephon Diggs last year, his numbers, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 2018 and 2019. 15 total touchdowns over the two years. That's damn good. Yeah. That's really damn good when you consider he's a fifth-round pick out of Maryland. Yeah. His skill set now has evolved to where he's one of the top talents in the league, arguable top 10 wide receiver. I would put him in there towards the bottom in mine. He's gone. We got a guy who I think has a higher ceiling than him. Coming out of college, if you were to compare both of them, Justin Jefferson is a better player on paper. He is fitting right into the number two role, and I see the sky's the limit for him. I see him ADP-wise 13th round. And he's fitting right into the guaranteed number two slot. I know we like to run the ball a lot. I know some of the touches aren't there, but he's gonna get targets. Yeah. I mean, Adam Thielen's your number one. You have him as your. Uh, you have Justin Jefferson as your two. And then once you get to the three, man, we have KJ Osborne, Chad Beebe. I mean, it's kind of up in the air right there. And we run a lot of two wide receiver sets with the two stacked tight ends and Dalvin Cook being in the back. He's out on the field in the thirteenth round. Go get him. I honestly think he's capable of a thousand yard season. Yeah, no. I, I mean, how, how could he not be? If, if Diggs was able to do this... I com- couldn't agree more yeah. with you. I think this is this is a perfect situation. Like I said, I just talked about uh, talent and opportunity. Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers to come out of this class in a loaded class, and he is falling into a situation where he's going to be the wide receiver two on the team right off the bat and arguably could even be talked about as a wide receiver one if you consider Thielen the slot receiver type of guy. I, I mean, yeah. I don't, but, you know, that's that's definitely well, a conversation. As, I think for some people it's not as sexy of an offense whenever it comes to, like, just slinging the ball around left and right. But this guy is going to get numbers. He, You're is telling a, me, he is a red yeah, zone threat. Six to seven targets a game, I would say, guaranteed. Six to seven targets yeah. a game. That's four to five catches for, for 75 to 80 yards a game. That that easily turns into 1,000 yards. I, I think that's very, very reasonable. That's very within his his ability. And, look, that doesn't sound super sexy, but add a touchdown in there, that's 15, 16 points a game. That's not a touchdown. That's still 10 to 11 points. Yeah. Uh, as far as fantasy, that is that is fantasy value on a weekly basis. That's what you want. Justin Jefferson, and he has the ceiling. On a ceiling. short learning year, too. Yeah. yeah. He has the ceiling. Uh, of of a you know a wide receiver one in fantasy, I really believe that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I actually love that pick. Oh, when we got the pick on draft night, I was ecstatic. Oh, I couldn't course. believe it. Yeah, we were sitting next to each other, and you lost your fucking mind, praying that he yeah. fell. Yeah, and he did. The second Jalen Rieger gets drafted by the Eagles, you Ooh. lost your shit because it was ne- Justin Jefferson was on the board. He was the guy. Y'all were thinking about trading up for him anyway. Yeah. I, I look. This is a perfect fit. I, I couldn't agree more. Is there anything else really to say no, about him? My fantasy profile. Yeah, go I, get him. I love it. Go get him and. What, what I love is that I 100% agreed with you, and this is why I wanted to do this, because I didn't want to agree with you after you're about to disagree with is me. right? Um, Curtis Samuel. We're going to talk about some Curtis Samuel here. Listen, what if I told you you could have somebody essentially free in fantasy football drafts that was that had a breakout season last year stolen from him? Oh, my God. A breakout season stolen. 
stolen from him by a backup quarterback by the name of Kyle Allen. Yes, I'm talking about Curtis Samuel, a guy who had 107 targets last year, caught 54 of them, right? That doesn't sound good. Caught caught only 54 of 107 targets. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, what if I told you that 59.2% of his targets were considered uncatchable? All right? What if I told you he had the most uncatchable balls thrown his way of anybody in 2019? What if I told you he had the worst passing uh, passer uh, rating from a quarterback of any wide receiver in the NFL? What if I told you that? He's got he's good talent. Yeah, but what last if, year wasn't promising. Last year was incredibly promising. Last year showed us that this dude has the talent has the talent to be a legitimate receiver in this league. It was stolen from him by a quarterback that has no business being a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry, but that's the, that's how I feel about this. Listen, Samuel did uh, did earn a true catch rate. So this is a, this is a percentage that factors out the quarterback error of 80.6%, which is well above the the NFL average. Um, this is a player who I believe has the upside of a wide receiver two in fantasy, a wide receiver three slash two. Uh, this is a guy who who had a utilization rate of 12.9%, which is pretty good. Um, he has the opportunity. He is going into the season as the wide receiver two in fantasy. We've already argued about this off air. I know we're going to argue about it again. Yeah. This is a guy who I have projected for 74 receptions. I projected for a thousand yard season <laughs> oh and God. seven touchdowns. Yes, I believe that Curtis Samuel is going to be a vital part of this offense. I think the I think the Cardinals are going to be a team. Cardinals. I think Carolina is going to be a team that is going to be a really really good offense with a really really bad defense. And what does that mean? What yeah, is I mean, you're, you're it? It means be good fantasy numbers. It means great fantasy numbers. Listen, I, I I understand that that they have the Christian McCaffrey who who's going to be a baller. I understand that they have DJ Moore who I am even higher on than I am Curtis Samuel. But Curtis Samuel is the forgotten fruit of this Carolina offense. He is going to be. Very, very good. I believe he's going to have a quarterback that can utilize him far better than than uh, Kyle Allen ever could. He's going to have a breakout this season this year that was stolen from him in 2019. Tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, listen. I'll bring up the. I'll bring up one stone cold fact: <laughs> is that I drafted Curtis Samuel in the 13th round of a fantasy <laughs> league. You passed on him for 12 rounds, and you're this high on him. <laughs> I Go open out. the door, you lose. I found more value in other places. Go I don't open know the to door, you. you lose right there. Curtis Samuel is talented. I'm not going to be on this this side of I don't like Curtis you Samuel. Hate him. But if they paid Robbie Anderson from the Jets, who was the New York Jets number you, one. You act like you paid him so much money. They, they paid him, sh- I mean, shit wide receiver money. Starting wide receiver money. Okay, yeah, wide receiver three. He'll be the wide receiver three on the team. He, he He's not. He's out there to be the wide receiver, too. It's DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel is your cool, sexy gadget no. guy. He is your cool, Disagree. sexy gadget guy. Disagree. He's your guy you can come in he and run. He is a your, legit you slot receiver. Options. Slot receivers line up at the three a lot whenever you have three oh, wide okay, receiver but, sets. But, okay, so, but so does Jarvis Landry line up in the slot. You're yeah. saying he's not the wide receiver, two on his team? Come on. No, I, I get that, but... Uh, Stephon Diggs lined up in the slot a lot last year. You're going to say he's not a wide receiver one last year? You, Come there's, on. There's arguments where you can find it, but at the yeah, end of, of the day, your main thing is saying that last year's unsuccessful season was a fluke. Unsuccessful? Yes. He was He was a good player. It's not his fault if the ball doesn't cut. If the ball is, if he's open and the ball is incredibly off target, how is that on him? At a certain point. 
Who's okay. to say that it's going to get better? Look, you have so to we acknowledge play, the no, situation no, no. that you're in. We play flag football a lot. We yeah. play flag football once every year, right? That's some, a lot, yeah. Some, yeah, well, I broke my leg last time. It's a lot. Um, I I'll sometimes play quarterback. Okay. I'm not that good of a thrower. If I throw a ball to you five yards away from where you're where you're supposed yeah. to be, if it's completely out of your range, did you drop the ball? Never said that. What if you were wide open? I get that completely. So you so you that beat your man completely, and I throw a fucking dug, yeah. and means it's your you fault. Suck. Means that you suck. Yeah, yeah. But at the exactly. end of the day, so, so why am I going to blame you? I have to acknowledge the situation moving forward that my my quarterback isn't capable of getting me the ball. How can you get these that numbers if you can't season. get the ball? That was last season. He's got okay. a new quarterback. Teddy's one of the best dink and dunk guys out there. Exactly. There's good numbers there for yes. Robbie Anderson. No. There are good Robbie numbers. Anderson is the is the speed receiver down the field. What are you talking about? There are good numbers available for Curtis Samuel here. Exactly. But I'm just arguing with your your argument of saying that last year's fluke You're is completely ridiculous. not as... You How were is high it a on, fluke? You were high on Dante Pettis and Curtis Samuel. I admit and both that of those, I was wrong about Dante and Pettis. And both of them shit the bed. Curtis and you're, Samuel and you're is right. Or Terry Samuel was good. I, I was wrong about Dante Pettis. I'll own it. I'm gonna be wrong sometimes. I don't. I don't know how. What does Dante Pettis have to? Do? Curtis Samuel had every. Uh, Curtis Samuel was good. He was open. He was a good wide receiver on his team. His quarterback couldn't get him the ball on a regular basis. Fifty nine percent of the balls thrown his way were inaccurate, uncatchable balls. So you have to acknowledge that going forward. What? That's what I'm saying. No. You're you're arguing on the fact that this is a wide receiver. You're saying two at best, three, because DJ Moore's got the one locked. Of course. They have Christian McCaffrey. You have a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. We don't really know how it's going to work and incorporate all these pieces. And you passed on him in the fucking 13th round. Listen, I get it. I get it. I get it. I drafted other guys. Uh, The reason I passed him on the 13th round is because I drafted five. That's my proof that he's not high on him. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Look, we can go down my team. I drafted five wide receivers that I believed in a little bit more than Curtis Samuel. I'm allowed to do that. And I drafted them. I needed more. I needed help at other positions. That's that's a draft situation. If if I had drafted other players at other positions earlier in the draft, I obviously would have uh, I understand that. jumped on Curtis Samuel. My, but that is one of my, my points in going into the fact that he shouldn't have been around there if you think he is capable of these numbers. I mean, anyone who's 1,000 a a thousand yards and seven touchdowns, that's big boy numbers. Yeah, Stephon Diggs did that last year. It's a it's a prediction. I understand that it's not it's not the norm. I'm I'm higher on him than most people. What I'm saying is Curtis Samuel was robbed last season. This season, a new season with a new quarterback. Yeah, I think is going to be better for him. I think he has. I he think it'll up, be better than he last put year. up 54 receptions for 627 yards last year. I think the defense is going to be absolute shit. I think they're still going to have to pass the ball more if uh, the same, if not more, next season. I think he's going to get the same amount of targets, uh, and I think he's going to catch a, about 20 more balls than he did last year. That's 20 more balls for another what 300, 400 yards. Maybe I'm a little. Maybe maybe my yards are a little high. I was about to say, catch yourself. All right, nine. Look, maybe my maybe my yards are a little high, but still. I was like, man, twenty balls, four hundred yards. Damn, he's catching that ball. He's gonna be good. He's gonna be utilized. He's he's good. But it's just the way that you're justifying. Like last year, I'm I'm sorry, it just wasn't a good year. So last year being a a bad year, that means a little bit better. Bad year, bad year statistically, not bad year fit like as a talent. Okay, there's. I, I just think there's a there's a unique difference. He it was a bad year statistically. If but go, statistically, isn't all on him. No, it's not. Exactly. Sometimes these are the cards that you're dealt, though. And and as a fantasy guy, agree with you that. have to acknowledge that. I mean, it's just certain. okay. But I'm saying he has different cards this year. He does. 
But they're not going to be that good. Okay, we'll see. They're not going to be that good. Listen, listen. I, I think you're right. Looking at the yards, the yards are a little high. I'd look at, I'd, if I if you think he's doing that, what's DJ Moore doing? Moore. God, did you, what do you think the Panthers are going to do? I think they're going to have a lot of offense and no defense. I think, look. How much game, do you think Teddy's going to throw for? Game script is is brought into this a big, a good amount. I don't know how much Teddy throws for. I, I have it. I don't have it up here, but I do have I his I think he's going to have one of the highest completion percentages of eight I, yards or less. <laughs> I think Teddy, what, what do you think is ridiculous for Teddy to throw, throw for? Over 45. 40, okay, yeah. So I I have him at probably forty two hundred yards. I, I, that's fair. I mean, I'm saying that's way too. I don't, I don't think he's hitting thirty five. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so it's we Christian just, McCaffrey, man, you got to. And if he does, it's solely because of Christian McCaffrey. Almost. Oh, going, that's no. Yes. Christian McCaffrey is going to be a huge piece of that. We offense, knew it was a match on. made in heaven. Whenever the guy who has the highest completion percentage of ten yards or less, Teddy Bridgewater, links up with. One of the best receiving backs we've ever seen. Listen, he didn't throw the ball deep a lot last year, but he did have a pretty good uh, uh, completion percentage on deep balls last season. I don't have it off the top of my head, but he did. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I do know that damn short one because (laughs) I know that's what he did for the Vikings whenever he was with us. All right. This is why I wanted you to go first. You love love Curtis Samuel. I didn't want to sit here and agree with you after you just shit on me. I didn't just shit you on you. Totally just shit on no, me. You told me everything I, have, I said I was wrong. I have the guy that you say is God sent on my I'm own not team. Saying he's God I hope sent. that I he does gonna, this. I, I think that they're going to have look. They're going to have. They have a lot of offensive firepower. I think my biggest argument is Curtis Samuel is the wide receiver two on this team, and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. That that me, that puts you at good numbers, right? No. Wide receiver twos can put up a thousand yards. I just don't know what you think. You don't go out and get Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's a decent wide receiver talent. Yeah, he's decent. He's decent. He's a you're, wide receiver three on his team. You're going to have to find ways to get him the ball, and I'm, I truly believe that he's going to line up at the two a lot and run your deep routes. And DJ Moore is going to run your cute underneath routes. So so I guess my argument is Curtis Samuel will end the season with with more, more – well, he will end the season as the wide receiver two in terms of stats. Is that fair? Could, do you want to bet on that? No, because I, I think that Curtis Samuel is a more promising talent than Robbie Anderson. Okay. But I'm saying you don't bring him in – to do that. Robbie Anderson was the one at the Jets. Yeah, but he wasn't a successful one. He's promising. Yeah, he's promising, but he never he never panned out to anything. Look, they signed Robbie Anderson. I, w- a- I would argue that he didn't have good cards dealt to him with his <laughs> offense and quarterback not working out last year. I would argue that there's potential there for him to do a lot better. I hate you so much. Yeah, motherfucker. Sam Darnold was sick last year. That's why. He had mono. All right. Let's... <laughs> Let's finish You're this off, me, guys. Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. God. All right. We're <laughs> love you, bro. You <laughs> fucking kill me. You're wrong about Curtis Samuel. It sucks, dude. I can't wait to play this right. next year when you. I had to shit. go first on the fantasy profile. Oh. I want you to. We're gonna do our top five wide receiver duos in the league. Yeah. I want to. I want to hit on my uh, a couple of my honorable mentions. The yeah. first one being DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. God uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He <laughs> almost made my list as a uh, wide receiver duo, as one of the top five wide receiver duos in the league. Not even on my <laughs> list. <laughs> it's it, it, look. You I do just, your honorables. <laughs> I'll do my honorables, and then we'll kick it off with the five. Uh, my other honorable. I wanted to put him on there. I just couldn't at this point. Amari Cooper and CD CD Lamb. Honorable mention as a duo. I know I left out Gallup there. I know yep. CD Lamb is a uh, is a rookie, but I love him. Um, but I, I just think they're going to be really really good this year. And I think by the end of this year, I will be saying that they are you know 
In the top five for sure. So. Well, if you, if you look at overall wide receiver rooms, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you uh, if you count all yeah, three of them, if we yeah, if we gosh, did top five wide receiver rooms, they would easily be on this. Yeah, they, they're insanely high Absolutely when it comes agree. to that. Is that your only honorables? Those are my two honorables. I, yeah. I have three, so I will go ahead and say Amari and CD made the list for me. Gallup is really promising too. I just don't know where the targets are going to link up with Dak, and you yeah. never know. You have Zeke. You got to feed Zeke. Yeah. Um, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Honorable mention. They're they're really good. They yeah. are solid as long as Jared Goff can start getting the ball I didn't think about that one. That's a really good I one. I yeah. forgot about one yeah. of them. And then I will do another promising one that I like more than Amari and CD: Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Oh, I thought that was going to make your list. I know, I knew it's, how it's, high it's, you were. It's on. hard to justify the rookies going right into yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It, it totally you know. is. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. If I yeah. had thought of that, I think that would have probably been on my honorable mentions as well. That's a that's a great name. I'm so high on Cortland Sutton. It's ridiculous. I Cortland love Sutton Cortland should Sutton. truly step up as a an official top ten wide receiver I by the end of the season. I think you will. And then be, as yeah. long as Jerry Judy can follow in the, I mean. As talented as Jerry Judy is, and he doesn't have to be the one. Yeah, Jerry Ooh. Judy has the potential to be better than Cortland Sutton. Exactly. And Cortland Sutton, I think, can be a top 10 receiver in this league, period. Not just fantasy. Just That's how I praise, league. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's your number five? All right, number five, Julio and Calvin. The wide, the the wow. Bama, the, yep. Bama, yeah, the Bama duo in in Atlanta. Uh, Julio Jones is still an absolute baller. Uh, Calvin Ridley is really, really number good number two. I think they complement themselves pretty well because Calvin Ridley is that you know kind of like quicker than fast. I mean, he's really fast too. Don't get me wrong, but like just this like quick uh, jitterbug type of receiver that can do it all at every phase. And then you have the Julio Jones that can just literally, you know, I mean, he just can moss anybody at any time. Uh, obviously, you know, Julio Jones can run any route, and he's one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen really uh and it's just a great combo put him at five because calvin ridley has not really stepped up into mm-hmm. that you know legit uh wide receiver you know one of the the you know dominant receivers in the league he hasn't come to that level yet so that's why he's at number five i think they can definitely yeah. jump up this year though do you want me to do my number five and we'll just bounce it yeah we can bounce it that's all fine. right here it is you can go ahead and crap on me for it i have number five the arizona cardinals deandre hopkins and who should the last name be I think we're going to disagree, but the last yeah. name should be uh, the the young kid. It is not Christian Kirk for it me. It should be it's Christian DeAndre Kirk. DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. You're ridiculous. Larry Fitzgerald. You're ridiculous. <laughs> you think You're, after a you guy. You shit on me for Curtis Samuel. Larry Fitzgerald is a shell of himself. Go and I, then I'll shit on you. I'm sorry. I, I, he has more tackles in his career than drops, and you can base that off of last season. He's one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen. Exactly. Absolutely agree. There's no after, argument about no, his, his. In your head, after a guy turns 36, you should euthanize him in the offseason. <laughs> That's what you think. You just think total talent after you hit a certain age is gone. They're irrelevant. Push them to the side. I think over. when they start to show serious decline on the field, I start to I start to bet on them I, declining. I really, even I really more. didn't see it that bad. He doesn't have as much speed and explosiveness. He's a shell of himself. A you want to? But you blame That's Kyler. Bold. No, he's a shell of himself. I'll, I'll stand by that. Yeah, a shell of himself. Yeah, of, of what he used to be. Of course, he used to be one of the most dominant receivers we've he, ever seen. He was asked to be the number one last year. Was he? I mean, I thought yeah. it was Christian Kirk that really stepped into that number one role. And I he mean, didn't do well. Yeah, he didn't. I'm, I'm, not, saying, I'm not big on Christian Kirk. I don't agree with I him think, being I on your DeAndre list. DeAndre Hopkins is going to open up a lot of things for this passing game and help Christian Kirk as a whole yeah. and still leave some gas in the tank for Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I don't think he's that I bad. Know, I know some people that don't think that – I don't agree with this, but I, I know some people that think Larry Fitzgerald is going to retire before the season starts. Oh, they, I mean, they can think that based on a COVID health-related issue. That's fine. But as a whole, we're talking about one of the greatest wide receivers of all time who I really don't think has shown that much decline in himself. He's not as good as he once was. He's We're not talking he's going anywhere near the top five, six rounds in fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm saying when you're – like, because fantasy-wise, I don't think he's that relevant in, as a whole. Talent-wise, 
talent-wise. Please, in the comments, let me know who is crazier. Oh my god! Saying Larry Fitzgerald is is still among is is not a shell of himself or is not has not declined greatly. How can we say that? Like you're saying that, that Larry Fitzgerald has not declined greatly. Trying to get me to put words in my mouth. I'm saying there. I'm saying that Curtis. Which one's crazier? Am I crazier about Curtis Samuel or is he crazier about Larry Fitzgerald? Let, let us know in the comments. <laughs> I want to know. I want. I want to know because I know I'm a little crazy about Curtis Samuel. But come on. I don't know how you hate on Larry Fitz. Yeah, I man. don't hate on, Larry Fitz. Is fucking awesome. Doesn't but it, sound like it. But if you think he's one of the top five wide receiver duos in the league, is he as on the, your as fantasy the number team? Number two, he is. Is he on your fantasy team? If I would, yes, he is. If I would have said Larry Fitz <laughs> and Christian really? Kirk, you could come at my ass. You could come at my ass for that all day, every day. I, I DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. Those two names in itself, we were talking about two Hall of Famers. How of can course. that not be? A, because Larry what? Fitzgerald is old, and he's not as good as he was. Put him down. He's Put the man down. <laughs> Put him down. All right. All right. I don't think there's anything true else. True leader of the locker room. A true, just... Awesome guy all around. Goddamn, amazing human being. Amazing down. human being. Amazing player. One of my favorite players to watch. I mean, what? Had, had one of the greatest. Had one of the greatest uh, postseason runs of all time when they went to the Super Bowl that one year. Amazing, amazing player. He is not what he was. He is. He is a shell of himself at this point in his career, based on the 2019 season. I, I'll stand by it. I'll stand by it. All right, uh, we're going to go to number four, and now you're going to give me shit, and I know you are. Um, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. That's not even a receiver. <laughs> okay. When he plays receiver, oh this my is the best God. duo. Oh, by the way, league. last year, uh, 804 yards for Larry Fitzgerald. That's that's uh, more than Curtis Samuel. <laughs> four touchdowns. Whoops. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Curtis Samuel had seven touchdowns last year. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He did. <laughs> so you just add, you have a tight end on your list? He's a, oh, come on. He's a giant receiver. Your cheeks. I am cheeks. I'll give you that. Cheeks. I'll give you that. But how could I not put them on the list? Tyreek Hill is you, a if baller. You, if you put him as a wide receiver, they should be higher. Yeah, that's I only put him this low because I knew you were going to give me shit for putting a tight end on the list. Yeah, um, that's true. Listen, Travis Kelsey is one of the best slot receivers in the game right now. I think he was top five in yards last year. Yeah. Account for everything. Yeah, yeah. so I, I will absolutely stand by this. And then Tyree Kill is Tyree Kill. I don't need to say anything more. And then, oh yeah, you have Patrick Mahomes, my guy right here, wearing the jersey of Patrick Mahomes. We have to we have to bring it up every single week we're, yeah. who we're wearing. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a. I, I, I stand by it. I, look, you can give me shit because it's not technically a wide receiver. And if you want to take it off my list, that's fine. No. You know what would have happened though? DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel would have been coming. Would have come in at number five. <laughs> yeah, but so. no, I, I think if you put it around those parameters. They should be higher, honestly. I mean, he's a stud. I think they're going to be doing great things for a lot of years as long as they can balance out their cap room. I hate that I give you shit. And, no, no, actually, you gave me love. I'm good with that. Never I'll mind. give you love. That's <laughs> give fine. Me love. I'll All love right, you on this turn. one. And then we will go into my next one. I got it mixed up on my chart. It is Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones at number four for me. Some would argue higher. They are a top five duo. They are one of the most underrated, unspoken guys out there. And I give, I give Kenny Galladay a lot of crap just because – when it comes to me personally on my fantasy team, his ADPs around the late second, early third, it would be hard for me to run him as my true wide receiver one. It would. Yeah. He's a thousand yard receiver. I think he's easily over seven touchdowns. As long as Matt Stafford can stay healthy, he was a top five wide receiver going into the first eight weeks in the season last year. Yeah. And him and Marvin Jones, thousand yard. I mean, each of them are going to get a thousand. They're great. Yeah. Really good. 
Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. They're actually higher on my list, uh, so I'm going to wait and talk about them in a minute. That is fine. Uh, but well, my, cool. uh, my number three is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Again, this is another, like, they could be my number one very soon. Uh, I think DK is just see coming DK into. got to make that next step. Yeah, he's, he's going to be, he, he's, he just needs to make that next step. He's just a little too young, you know, figuring stuff out in the NFL world right now. Uh, but coming into his second season, I'm very, very high on DK. I love Tyler Lockett. I think they're an amazing duo for, for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson and make them that much better. Well, and it's okay to say that a second, I mean, going into his second year yeah. isn't just there yet. He will soon yeah. overpass Tyler Lockett but for the number put, one on the team as yeah. a whole. Russ elevates these guys to the next level, and they are my number three on the list as well. Oh, do you Okay, perfect. We're good. Perfect. Uh, then my number two is Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Uh, just to add on everything you said, I will say, look, Marvin Jones gets a lot of shit. I think Marvin Jones is a great compliment to Kenny Galladay. Uh, the obvious number two uh, Marvin Jones just has the distinction of he he really fell off last year when when Matthew Stafford got hurt. But before Matthew Stafford got hurt, I believe he was wide receiver fourteen, uh, and, you know, on the season. So he's he was a legitimate wide receiver in fantasy for sure. Kenny Galladay was, I believe, wide receiver thirteen on the season, wide receiver fourteen somewhere in that ballpark. I wrote an article for uh, for Hammercast uh, that you can check out at hammercast.com about the Lions, and I, I talked about that uh, in the article talking about the Lions. And, and their receiving core and everything. I'm bi- I'm pretty high on them. I, I love Kenny Galladay. Um, actually, I want to ask you this because I actually sent a trade. This is in a league just to set this up where I have I, I'm just I was drafting while I was at work and yeah. I drafted really poorly. I'll be honest. I uh, did not set myself up with a lot of depth and I offered to trade uh, I, I offered to trade Kamara for uh, Ceh. That's Clyde Edwards-Helaire and uh, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, you win that. In you my, think so? I, I really do. He hasn't agreed to I, I it, but get, I, I think you get overall depth in that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I need two starters, so I need an extra starter. You, you so I was you're thinking, kind of wired the same when it comes to certain players, though. I'm not that big on Kamara this year. Yeah, and I'm huge I th- on. I think he CDH. has a huge role in the offense. I think that there's a little bit of injury concern there, though. Yeah. And to think that they have no problem running Latavius whenever they have to to keep him fresh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard. To, it's hard to argue. He's, he's a top five fantasy pick, but you're almost forced to take him right there. Yeah. You are. Fair enough. Let's hear your number Where one. Number number two. Oh, number two. I'm so sorry. Two. Yeah, I'm, I'm. My number one's next. I will do this, and I wanted this to be my number one, but you are right on one thing when it comes to the other option at the number two spot. Mm-hmm. It is Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley is my number two. Okay. And it, and it is because I have such a love for Julio Jones. He is one of my favorite wide receivers of all time. Coming in like second or third place behind Randy Moss right here. That's where I bring mine in. Hell it's yeah. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones for me all time. I love him. But Calvin Ridley does need to make that next step. Great talent overall. And when you have, I mean, when you get to look at all those weapons that Matt Ryan has, they're going to do great things. You still want to see Calvin go up into the top 15-ish range. And I would say he's at the 25 right now. Yeah. Julio is my number one, though. Top talent in the league. And that's what boosts Calvin up that much more. I I 100% agree with that. I think think that's totally fair. Number one for both of us. Is it OBJ and Jarvis? OBJ and Jarvis. Yeah. All right. So we get to kind of uh, bounce back and forth on this one. Uh, look, we t- I, I talked about earlier how the uh, Browns are going to be a run-first football team. That's fine. They still have the best duo of wide receiver in the league. You can't take away the talent of a Jarvis Landry and, o- and Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. They've both dealt with injuries last year, so it wasn't as pretty as it could have been last season. Uh, there was a lot of issues with, from the coaching staff to you know the offensive game plan to all those the other things that went into the Browns last year. It was kind of a dumpster fire. It was a waste of talent last season. I think they're going to course correct this year, and I think they're going to be dominant for uh, the wide receiver position. Uh, where, where are you at on that? You're good. I can't tell you how high I am on Odell Beckham when it comes to fantasy-wise. He goes in the mid-third round, yeah. sometimes in the fourth round, to think that you could get a guy who was going 
first wide receiver off the board a yeah. long time ago. I mean, Odell is one of the most talented guys out there. Didn't go away. And when I look at the Cleveland Browns as a whole on the offense, I think they corrected every single issue that they were lacking last year. The number one thing being their offensive line. Number two being get a different guy in there to run the offense. And Kevin Stefanski is going to utilize better. these weapons better than I think any coach could out there that was on the open market. Yeah. You have Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, a built-up offensive line, Austin Hooper, and Baker Mayfield to ride in for the playoffs, right? Not even to talk about Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, and all those other studs on defense. Yeah. They have a really good team as long as they can click, and Odell and Jarvis are best friends, and they're going to be doing it for a long time, I hope. Hell yeah. Number one. What's up, guys? It is later tonight. Uh, we just had my girlfriend's birthday party, and during the party, we realized, oh, fuck, we both missed the obvious number one at least it would have been on my list the obvious number one wide receiver duo um jacob had to go home so he's on the phone right now you can say hey jacob hey guys what's up um and we had to we had to come on this has never happened before we're fucking idiots <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we kind of dropped the ball on this one, didn't we? Yeah, we did, man. So we're we're sitting there talking with with, with you know our friends. Their whole group was kind of literally upstairs hanging out and, and grilling, and, and we're sitting there and we're like, oh, you know, top five. And every single one of our friends were like, oh, so so Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are your number one. Who else was? And and we just fucking we just were like, shit. I didn't even mention him. Oh, man. We both just looked at each other, and it's like, <laughs> did we really just forget Mike <laughs> Evans and Chris Godwin with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay? What are we doing? Like, Because we were sitting there arguing about Larry Fitzgerald versus Curtis Samuel on our top five, <laughs> and we forgot two of the most dominant weapons in the game right now. Uh, the only thing I can say is it goes to show that we are genuine. We do make our list up on our own, and we don't just look and copy and paste from other people. This was a mistake on us, but that's why we're here right now owning it. So yeah, clearly no. my list does change up, and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are my number one. Yeah, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are, are my number one as well. It, it, I mean, it, there's really no contest, I don't think. I mean, it's 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 so – I mean, they were, they were both, what, top five fantasy wide receivers last year. Granted, they were a high-flying offense last year, but, I mean, they're both – legitimate number one wide receivers on the same team they're both i mean i think have bright futures obviously chris godwin's you know still in the up and you know the beginning of his career and mike evans is a little bit more uh you know uh, uh he's been in the nfl longer i, I don't know exactly what i'm trying to say but i mean yeah, yeah established, established yeah that's the, that's the way to say it but yeah they're they're the clear and obvious number one wide receiver doe in the nfl and we just totally missed him um, well, that's good, and that's why we're here owning it, though. I mean, yeah. the argument could be is that why weren't they on our brains? Maybe they're not up there, but I can't even do that because these guys are so dominant. There's just <laughs> no way you can possibly make the excuses to leave them off. It was just one of those things, and we're here. My list would continue like it normally would, just throw Mike Evans and Chris Goblin on the top. Yeah. And I guess, John, you win. That means the D-Hops and Larry Fitz are in my honorable mention. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love winning that <laughs> argument fucking six or seven hours later, but it's not for the listeners and oh, viewers. Yeah. They just so, they just listened to us argue, and now they're right here listening to us be dumbasses. Um, well, I hope the entire time they're sitting there and they're just like, because we both said it, it was like, I bet we have the same number one, right? And it's like, oh, yeah. And we said it, and it's like, nope, it, and wasn't. it was it wasn't Mike Evans. Yeah. And Chris <laughs> I know. People might roast us in the comments. I hope we they do. We did. We we one hundred percent deserve it. I I hope people leave thumbs ups, 
comments and and tell us how dumb we are but still leave the thumbs thumbs up you don't have to leave thumbs down that's that's never fun for us that doesn't help us we already beat ourselves up yeah right all right man i mean is there anything else to say a couple hours later uh thinking about the pod anything else you want to say i think i think we're good uh one last little tidbit everson griffin did finally sign he went to the dallas cowboys so that's kind of interesting so yes. we'll see how everything shakes up with oh, that. Kind of awesome. a big signing for their defensive line. Yeah, no, that that's great. Now we're now we're just sitting here like, what what happens to Javion Clowney? Like, I don't. I, I that's still don't thing. know. Seattle's on the Seattle's on the table again. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But that was the big signing that happened right. uh, after we finished our podcast. There's yeah. always something. So. There's always something. All right, man. I'll let you go. Um, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yep. Uh, we'll catch you next week. See you guys. Peace. Seven. All right. Uh, I think that wraps it up here. It's good. Guys, thank you so much for watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening on the podcast app. Uh, if you made it this long, we really appreciate it. I yeah. uh, hope you enjoyed a couple good arguments there. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I still love you. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> please like and subscribe on YouTube. That really helps us out. Leave a comment below. Let us know what you guys thought about any one of these arguments, any one of these topics. We're really interested in your thoughts. Um, we're going to have the jersey put up next week for another yep. giveaway. Uh, we'll, we'll let you guys know on that about that very soon. AFC South. AFC South, yes sir. Wide uh, receiver, that's all I'll say. <laughs> AFC South wide receiver. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Peace out.